Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. We're part of Heard At Sports Production. We're in season two, episode number three. And to my left, I have a local soccer player from Papillion La Vista, South the Titans. We have Drew Darnold. Drew, welcome to the show. And to his left, we got Brian Southworth, my co-host, owner of Wired Training Center. Welcome, guys. Big day for you yesterday, making the big decision yeah. for your next level. And the thing that I think when we really try to connect with kids and, and young athletes like yourself, it's it's a process that some people never experienced. I never experienced someone recruiting me. I've never experienced having to make a tough decision like this because I was a young father when I was in high school. Brian's had a couple instances for himself, but the recruiting side, he was like a little bit. But we love to dig deep and just, one, find out the passion of who you are and what you are and what you represent, but also how you got to make this big decision yesterday. Um, I'm sorry, February 7th was signing day in the local area. And, uh, Drew, when you look at your outlook on sports when you're a young kid, what's the earliest thing you even remember going back to sports? Oh, goodness. That, that's probably playing basketball under my dad over there is uh, playing tournaments and playing in the different rec leagues we had uh, around the city for junior Titans and junior Monarchs for a while, I think was playing basketball first. And, and that's my connection to him is I did get to coach him. He was on on the team and and uh, the basketball. But that's not the sport you're going into. When did your start of soccer and wh- what do you first remember of soccer? Soccer, I'd probably say... I started kind of playing for a a team in Lincoln. I, I started traveling to Lincoln a lot for soccer. Um, and so that's kind of really when I started to pick up my passion for soccer and really more heavily get involved in it. Um, and so I'd say that's probably when I really uh, started getting getting into it the most. And when you look at the sports that you played, what was your connection with basketball that you loved and you kept going in, as far as you could? Yep. And what was the thing that said, that was my time? Uh, I'd say it was kind of, uh, I don't know if there's much for me there anymore. You know, with soccer, it was kind of, I think I can go to the next level. And I, I happen to have with, with basketball, it's kind of like, you know, I enjoy it, but I don't think this is something I really want to pour a ton of time into. I would rather pour a lot more of my time into soccer. Brian, we talk to athletes all the time, and these are decisions that we always talk about, is the decision to go from multi-sport athlete to one-sport athlete it's got to be in the kid, right? It can't be in the parent. It can't be from a coach. It can't, it's all got to be their decision. And you deal with athletes all that time. How do you kind of explain that with them? Well, what you focus on grows, right? So 
I think it just kind of depends on the kid and what their skill sets are. And, you know, you talk about basketball, but when it comes down to it, you probably didn't have the physical makeups of a typical basketball player. Right. So that probably helped make his decision. I would assume like, Hey, I have a path here. You know, if I'm going to focus and spend more time in, in soccer, one sport, maybe I can get here versus if I split my focus, who knows where I'll end up. Right. Yeah. And when you look back at your time with basketball and you're playing under your dad, how do you transform and be okay that I, cause you're looked at different, you're treated different. Your teammates go, okay, he gets it. Cause dad, but you were never that kid that I ever saw. You played for yourself. How did you separate the two? It's not easy as a kid. Yeah. I, I say just kind of enjoying what you're doing and you're there just to be you and to kind of be your own person and, and make up who you are. That's part of being a kid is just to discover what you want to, what you want to be and where you want to go. And so it was kind of just saying, Hey, I, my dad's the coach, sure, but I get to be my own person. And I can do whatever the heck I want. And as far as soccer, was this for a where it wasn't dad coaching? Is that correct? When you yeah. went to Lincoln, yep. what makes you go from Papillion area to Lincoln or even just outside of the area? Is it a connection? Is it who, who like said, that's where I want to go. I mean, cause that's a drive for parents to make an investment on. But as a kid though, it's an investment cause you're going, all right, I'm falling asleep here. I'm falling asleep there on the route. I mean, we went from Bellevue to Scut for football when my son was like five to eight. Those were the longest 30 minute drives ever. But to him, it probably felt like an hour to two hour. What was that? And how did you come upon that? Yeah. in in Lincoln, there was a absolutely amazing coach named Wad. Um, super, super quality at, at teaching the technical side of soccer, which is something I really wanted to develop. And so that was kind of what drew me in is I knew there was going to be a really, really good place to develop um, as a player. And so then, of course, there was more opportunities. We got to travel a little bit with that team as well. Um, and it, it, was, it was mainly about like getting a, a high level of development from a really quality coach. Brian, this is a young athlete talking this way. Sometimes you're seeing kids where it's more of a parent pushes you to make that decision over you as a kid. Yeah, that's tough. Um, you know, you don't you don't hear a lot of kids like that, but when you do hear a kid that's like that, they're usually going like, you know, places like I mean, Lindsey Krause was like the last person we talked to, like same mentality, right? I mean, this is this is the attitude that the best of the best have. This is what they look at. It's not it's not a drive, you know, it's like, you know, when we talk about this like, you know, when you want to be great, you don't have a lot of choices right? Like yeah. that choice is there that the, the coach, you know, he saw a path with that coach to help him achieve his goals. And that's why he, who he is. So you go to Lincoln. What do, what do you remember about those drives back and forth? What was, what was the thing that made you go, okay, I, I can do this. How many days a week were you out there too? Ooh, good question. I think it might've been two days a week. Might have to be fat fact checked on that one. Um, I appreciate two days a week. Uh, and the thing I remember most about the drives was always just like the music that we'd play. I feel like that was around the time I really got into the musical Hamilton, if you guys have ever heard that. Um, and so I remember blasting that in the car every single day and uh, getting very familiar with the music there. And that <laughs> that's what got me through those car rides to, to Lincoln. And you think about your first travel. What was that like just knowing that these are kids that you don't get to hang out with all the time? 
How did you make that transition? Because I know that was probably one of the struggles sometimes you can have on a team. You don't get enough bonding time together with the teammates and you're kind of, you're the outside looking in if it is primarily more kids from Lincoln than it is outside. Yeah. I, I don't remember a whole lot from the first trip we did, but I think me being a generally kind of uh, introverted person, it's kind of just having to force yourself into the situation and, and kind of maybe stepping a little bit outside of your comfortable comfortability zone and, and trying to make friends and, and be social, even though it's sometimes hard. I think part of it's too, like, I mean, yes, you're driving, but that's a lot of time in hotels, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot of time in the swimming pools if your coach let you swim. Some some don't. Soccer so. is hard to have you swim because you obviously need the the legs and stuff. But you're right on on those moments. Those have to mean something. What's the first uh, out-of-town moment that you remember when it comes to that? Uh, the first one I remember was a, a trip to St. Louis with that team. Uh, I don't remember how we did or a lot of the details of it, but I, I specifically remember St. Louis going to uh, Scott Gallagher was the the name of the complex that we went to. I remember that being my first kind of big travel moment. Man, he, he said the thing that sometimes people take for granted. I don't remember the score. I don't even remember if we won. Yeah. We probably lost all of them. <laughs> But what I do remember is the facility. I remember the hotel. I remember the the probably the car ride down. I mean, you're going six hours to St. Louis, if not six to eight, depending on who's driving. Um, so you take in those moments, you take in that first tournament. What's the first taste that you go, this is what I want? This is where I'm supposed to be. I'd say it probably came about a year later. I... I made it onto what was probably considered the top top team of uh, of the age group at at a club called uh, at the time it was called OFC Omaha Football Club. It's now been through three name changes, uh, but making it there and kind of seeing the just talent throughout the team and another spectacular coach, a little different mind about him. He wasn't so technical directed. It was kind of more tactics. But just seeing the overall level of everybody there and and then getting to uh, experience a lot of growth there and then a lot of a lot of success, a lot of really fun travel trips, that was kind of was like, yeah, this is really this is really fun. I really enjoy this. I think what 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 I really like about it is the fact of when you go from, all right, I, I need the coach that's gonna make me the most technical to, okay, we can dial back the technical, turn on experience and turn on playing with the locals. How was that talk with the coach in Lincoln? And and was it something where he's like, all right, move on, move up? Because changing teams gets looked at by many people in different ways, whether it's, oh, does he think he's better than me? Um, is he just looking for a better opportunity? What what was that transition like? Yeah, for me, it was just kind of like this is the this is the best opportunity for me to really grow and uh, reach as far as I can. That's always what I'm trying to do is try and – be the best version of myself so that was kind of a, like a this is the best place to be if i want to continue to grow and try and be the best and that was that was kind of the talk i had with my family it was like this place is where i'm going to be able to really prosper the the most so that was kind of the decision i made well and brian you know with with even like your baseball program there's so many different levels for kids to find their home what do you think should be the number one drive to uh push that 
Yeah, I mean, you got to find the best fit for you. And I think that's really tough um, as a coach because, you know, if you're on like a, in baseball, you know, we do single A, double A, triple A, you know, major. And if you're on a triple A team and you're excelling, right, you're like much better in peers, that triple A coach is never going to want to let you go. Exactly. Right? Like, but the best thing for that kid is probably to go find someplace he's going to be challenged. Um, so that's tough. I mean, it's really tough, you know, like from a family perspective, the coach perspective, and it's really hard to get everyone on the same page. And usually there's some feelings hurt along the way, but ultimately you got to do what's best for you, right? It's your, yes. your career. You know, you only get one shot at this. Well, and I, I, I think we can even go down that Avenue. Obviously you have support mom and dad. How do those talks that you know of go between going from program or even just thinking, is this what's best for me? Yeah, I feel like a lot of it's just them supporting me to say, you know what, we feel as if this will be the best for you. But if that's really, if you really don't like that, then don't do it. But, you know, this is our opinion. And of course, I'm going to listen to their opinion because they've been in this world a lot longer than I have. So that's unique. That, that is, it's unique to what though? You already know. Success, kids, yeah. right? <laughs> it's 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 unique to the ones that we've talked to that have had that success. Mm -hmm. But then we get to high school, right? So this is when you transition and you go, okay, I'm done with basketball. You had fun all the way up through eighth grade. But even your eighth grade year was a struggle for you as far as time. People don't understand when you start to level up at whatever sport it is, time commitment is a struggle. Yeah. What was that? What was that like going through your eighth grade year? Cause it wasn't like you were able to participate in everything you wanted because you had to make decisions. Yeah. In eighth grade year, I, I did have a big focus on cross country as well. And I remember that specifically being uh, something that really uh, butted heads with soccer. I remember a lot of times where I'm leaving cross country practice early to get to soccer. A lot of situations like that, where it's kind of like got to make some sacrifices occasionally. Um, sometimes you got to skip this to get to that and kind of got to prioritize what's most relevant that week. If I have a cross country meet on Friday, then, you know, maybe I'm going to tone it back on soccer a little bit, but if I have a soccer tournament that weekend, then focusing there. Yeah. Because realistically soccer is a year round sport, right? Like I mean, you have a fall season, you have a spring, like summer season. They have an indoor too. And I'm yeah, pretty probably sure. Football. Indoor, right. Yep. When you when you look at that schedule of what soccer commitment is, how how do you remember even talking to like your basketball coaches at the time, or even going through that with fellow coaches, even your your cross country? How do you set the precedence with them to understand where you're sitting at? Well, for me, it was it was a lot of kind of a day to day basis on what I was going to do because, like I said, it was based largely around what I had that weekend. So it was just a lot of communicating and, and making sure that I my coaches could trust that I was going to tell them what I was doing and, and that the other thing that I was doing was still benefiting. Like even if I'm not running cross country and I'm playing soccer, I'm getting plenty of cardio from soccer. So they, they kind of understood that, you know, yes, maybe they're not here, but there's something they're still benefiting from. They're still involved in something that can still aid to their growth. Now, I know for middle school, for my kids, I say it all the time. I always had them try something different. Cross country was even something that my son did. And 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 I felt like, and you can let me know where you felt on cross country, it got you away from a sports where you're worried about your team and you were really able to focus on you. What do you feel cross country did to better Drew where you didn't have to worry about 
what the end result was for the team. It was fun yeah. when everybody won, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter about about the others. It, it was you beating yourself every time. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'd say just going out there and giving it your all every time. It's it's Cross country is almost more of a mental game than it is a physical game. So it's just trying to win the mental battle with yourself of saying, I'm not going to quit. There's X amount of distance left and and proving to yourself that you can get to the end. And of course, it's always nicer to go faster than you did last time. So it's I think it's more of a mental battle and strengthening the mind and saying, you're not going to quit. You're going to finish versus physical. This is this was in eighth grade, Brian, right? And and you have received your mental, you know, where you went and what does this speak to the class that you take and, and the certificate that you know you went through? What is what does this speak to when you hear an, an eighth grader at that time thinking of what it really did instead of, hey, I'm going running with my buddies and I'm gonna just see what happens? Yeah, I mean, again, very unique mindset, right? Um there's definitely some uh, some mentorship in his life. I'm I'm assuming that kind of put you down that right path, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'll turn this question back on you. Like, what helped? Who helped you? Kind of like get that mindset where you're always looking for that continuous improvement and you know measuring against yourself. I would definitely say my dad. He's been a somebody I've tried to model a lot of my my life off of, and he's been a a big inspiration in a lot of the choices I've made for college and with soccer and the past few years so he's always somebody who's trying to push me to be my best and always saying are you doing as much as you can be doing right now can you can you be better than you are right now what can you be doing that can help you to improve so how's that like relationship you forged because i know me personally when i was a high school kid i think if my parents told me to do something i want to do the opposite (laughs) or just i mean there's got to be also i like what he's bringing up there also there's there had to have been a couple of times where you're like, man, I, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to be that guy that yeah. they're wanting me to be. How did you go through any of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of just like a, got to take a look in the mirror sometimes and do a little self-evaluating and, and think, are they really right? Like, am I really giving how much I can be giving right now? Cause I mean, they're seeing it from an external, which is usually a little less unbiased when you're looking at yourself you're usually a little bit more unbiased like oh i'm doing just fine i'm doing enough work when in reality somebody looking at you from the outside is a lot more prone to be more truthful so just kind of understanding that they want the best for me and what they're saying is probably more accurate than what i what i think i'm doing so that's kind of just understanding that that they I want the best for me and that they can help me improve. You can never lie to the man in the mirror, right? <laughs> Honestly, man, that's a, such a strong statement. And when you think of that and you think of the coaches that you've experienced up until high school, who was probably your number one influence to maybe reiterate? Cause I always, and I know Brian uses it at the training center. His sons go there. He has three sons, but he uses other tools to give his message to the kid. Like as a coach, you're talking about who yeah, was like mentor? who was someone that that you were like, you know, my parents are saying this. Let me talk to a coach, and then the coach reiterates what your parents say, but obviously the connection isn't like he's telling his own coaches mm-hmm. to kind of coach his son a little bit in that direction. I would say almost all of my coaches have been really good at at kind of re-implementing what what needs to be heard saying drew you can get here you just have to continue to to work for i wouldn't think there's 
any one individual coach that that stands out. I think a lot of my coaches have have been really good at pushing me to to be the best and kind of reaffirming what my parents have told me. So of course you go through OFC, then you're starting to go through high school. I think some of the biggest things that people discourage or take away from high school is some clubs will say, don't play high school soccer. Yeah. How were you able to find the club that fit right to where school still mattered and you were still able to be the student athlete at school? Yeah, I think generally youth coaches, for at least most of my youth coaches, put a hard emphasis of, yes, you have soccer practice, but you better make sure you're still getting your stuff done. Um, I think stepping away from soccer a little bit, show choir has been something that's been uh, really really good about that is always making sure that your academics come first. Like if you're not passing all of your classes, you're not going to perform in show choir. So I think there's been multiple aspects that have kind of shaped, shaped me to be like academics have to be important and have to take a precedent. Well, and I like that you brought up show choir. Cause I know that we had uh Caden Fredrickson on this show. Uh, he's doing amazing up at South Dakota state yeah. for uh, their track. And that was a subject we talked because to me, if you don't know show choir, you have no idea <laughs> the dedication, the time management, and sometimes the stress in the moment because it's a competition of perfectness, right? It is. It is. What is just, just give an idea, even as a freshman, because I could say from experience, if it wasn't COVID year, some people say it hurt certain things. Yeah. When it comes to show choir, at least at Papio South, they had to create another team because if they didn't create the fourth one, this last year they would have been lowest of ever on numbers because so many people would have quit. But they made a fourth a fourth group. They it kept 40 more kids and still had to turn away 60 because people were looking for things to do. What all do you remember of that, and, and especially at the early age of it? Yeah, show choir, I, I certainly remember some early mornings uh, – being on Titan Express, which is our, our prep group, um, you, you rehearse in the mornings versus being on a varsity group, you rehearse in the, at nights. So I remember some early mornings with that, and I, I remember kind of being first introduced to the culture of it. I think at Papio South Show Choirs, we really pride ourselves on kind of being a family, so getting to know everybody and getting to form a lot of strong bonds with a, a lot of people. I tell you, some of the things that I really like is just the uh, when you go to the events, it's like superstardom, right? And especially, I mean, when you guys were as as good as as you guys are with Titania, I mean, there's there's people fangirling over them, like it's it's just crazy. But they're just there performing. Speak of just a day nowadays for you when you have that soccer before or soccer for school and soccer for club explain just a day of what it would take to be in drew's shoes yeah um i just had to do a, a write an email about this this morning so a little glimpse into my week i guess is i'm basically no free night i think mondays are occasionally i'll get a night off but tuesdays are oftentimes a soccer practice and a show choir practice and trying to have to kind of manage when i'm going to what because sometimes they overlap and then Wednesdays probably have soccer. Thursdays I have show choir again. Fridays sometimes I'll have soccer. Sometimes I'll get a sneak away to a basketball game. Um, and then weekends, that's when it really gets crazy. Um, this last weekend we hosted our own competition, South Titan Classic. 
And I also was supposed to be in Florida for a soccer tournament. So I had to uh, make a tough decision. I decided to stay home for the first day of our soccer tournament on Saturday so I could be at our show choir competition. That runs until midnight, basically. So I don't think I got to bed until 1 o'clock, up on a flight at 5 in the morning on Sunday, and then soccer Sunday and Monday, and then back for school yesterday. You heard that, right, Brian? Yeah, that's that's tough. You know, the, what's like truly like the most unique thing, in my opinion, is having a club coach that's okay with all that. You exactly. know, I mean, so I know like I've, I've seen many scenarios and like, you know, I mean, we know you were going to college to play soccer, yep. right? So what's that conversation with like your club coach and even like your high school coach to kind of set those expectations like, hey, this is like, this is a high priority in my life. Like, this is what I value. You know, everyone's got kind of different values and goals. And we all, we all make these decisions and there's always consequences of the decisions, whether good or bad. But what's that conversation with your club coach? Like, like when, when you go through this, be like, Hey man, I'm gonna miss day one of our tournament because I'm gonna go show choir. Yeah. I think it's again, just a lot of communicating and just telling him that this is something that's really important to me. And no, I, I love soccer a ton. I, I love show choir a ton. And so I don't want to don't want to be at neither of them. I want to try and be at both. And so I can get the best of both worlds. And obviously, it's not ideal that I have to miss something of of either one of them. But you know, at least I get to still be at both. That's that's what's most important to me. Yeah. I, is there pressure from either party? Like, hey, man, like you need to you need to be here. Well, yeah. and then teammates. I mean, it's, it's competing it's, demands. It's right? teammates as well. Yeah. I mean, how is that culture for you? But you're also not the only one that probably has these same. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are in the same scenario as you. They have a lot of different like passions and things they, they want to do. But ultimately, they cave and they choose one. You know, I think that's big, too. Yeah. I think, you know, I'll still, you know, nobody's ever going to be perfectly happy in any scenario. So my directors, you know, not going to be always happy when I have to miss a, a show choir performance, but they, I think they generally understand that, you know, I have more than show choir. My soccer coach understands that I am doing more than soccer and they, I, I guess they're okay with that. I don't know why they're okay with it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they understand that this is something that I, that each thing I love to do and I don't think they want to take away from something that I love, which I, I very much appreciate from all the parties is that they, they want to make sure that I still am able to do what I love. Well, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go ahead and, and hit, hit that Avenue, but let's go on the recruiting side. Okay. You just finished up your recruiting process. How do you think having the way that you've had to do either got you in the limelight to be seen or maybe have held you back to be seen by the the college that you might have wanted to as 1A. Yeah. Um I'd say you know being well-rounded definitely uh gives you some bonus points, you know, you submit an application and they see, you know, Drew's done show choir and he's done soccer and you get a little you get a little extra for that, but definitely having done show choir for the last six years of my life it's definitely had points where it's probably drawn back from my ability to grow in soccer um unfortunately but you know i have to say you know i absolutely have enjoyed my time in show choir as well so you know maybe it's taken away a little bit from this piece but it's absolutely given me more than others so you talk about your recruiting 
what is that process like for you so far before you made the final decision? And what's some opportunities that you felt like you probably could have went down, but maybe it wasn't for Drew. Maybe that isn't the start of Drew. Yeah. Um, for recruiting a lot for me was just kind of getting recognized at different tournaments that I played at um, and a lot of sending emails. Uh, this difficult thing about recruiting is you're not always just going to be instantly recognized. Somebody's not going to see you on the street and say, hey, that kid's pretty good. So you got to kind of put yourself forward. A lot of sending emails and kind of have to be persistent, I've learned. Uh, one email usually isn't enough. Sometimes you got to send two or three until you get a response and maybe send in some highlights. As for opportunities that I turned down, um, there was a few really, really quality offers that I got for some for some pretty big schools. I had a Division One and a Division Two offer um, that I decided just weren't the best. The Division One offer was in Green Bay, and I decided, you know, I could pursue this. I could start as a start as a freshman, get time as a freshman. Who knows? But if I don't start as a freshman, if I don't get time, and I'm in Green Bay. Is this really going to be something that I'm happy with? Whereas if I can go to Northwestern and I can get on the squad and really get involved, is this something where I can really grow a lot more while playing versus, you know, maybe I'm not on the field very much. So am I going to grow as much if I'm not getting a lot of time? So that was kind of my big decision was saying, you know, this is a place, Northwestern is a place where I, I think I can grow a lot quicker, a lot faster in the early stages and I can potentially uh, go on to do better things as well. There's always a common question. We've always heard the athletes talk when they come to this decision, do you want to be seen or do you want to be known? What was your aspect when it came to this? Do you want to be seen or do you want to be known? Yeah, I think being known is just kind of, it's cool to be known and, and to be seen is it's just, you know, you can have all the limelight and all that, but just having a reputation of being a quality player, I think is, is more important than being a flashy player. Soccer. When it comes to the highlights, is there common recording? So football is easy. There's huddle, right? Basketball. There's huddle. Yep. There's huddle in soccer. I, yeah. I didn't yeah. say there wasn't, but yeah. when you play club, how easy is it for the, is it, is it something coaches put up to put on huddle? Is it something you're relying on parents to put up? What is that like when it comes to club? Yeah, a uh, club we have, I think it's called a VO camera is what we use to record it. And then it gets uploaded to huddle. And so we can dissect all the clips we we want from that and can put together whatever highlight reel we wish. Favorite place to play so far? Oh, goodness. Because you have done a lot of traveling. I mean, what's what's the clubs that you've kind of went through as you went from Lincoln to where you're at today? Yeah, so. You had well, Lincoln, I, OFC. Yeah. When I, well, when I first started out before before Lincoln, I was at uh, Phoenix, which then transitioned to a club called Wolves. They kind of had a rebrand. That's when I went to uh, EBA Lincoln, is what it was called. Then we went to OFC. Now I'm at Gretna Elite Academy, which was kind of like going back to EBA. There was a, a kind of a club merge between Gretna, which was its own thing, and then EBA, and they kind of smushed together to make GEA, is what we call it, Gretna Elite Academy. And so that's where I'm at now. Um, in terms of favorite, oh goodness, I don't know if there's a favorite. Uh, I'd say right now is when I've kind of had the the most kind of fun, I suppose, because I've been playing with uh, some super, super talented players that are really good at going forward, attackers. 
Um, and so playing with them is a ton of fun because you can just kind of put the ball into space and they run after it. And it's really enjoyable to do, to play with great players like those too. See, and I think most people, if you don't know soccer, I mean, I, I love watching soccer. I mean, I, I, my goal is to go to the world cup. It's coming to the United States. Yeah. Like that's major to me, like being a part of something that big. When you look at soccer, what do you think it was that turned you on to soccer over basketball and made it, this is what I want. I would have to guess it's probably the way the game kind of flows. There's not a, a ton of stopping in soccer. There's no timeouts. Out of bounds are a lot less frequent than there are in basketball. I know if you put the ball in the hoop, you got to take the ball out again. There's, there's, there's none of that in soccer. It's a lot more free-flowing. People will say it's slow-paced um, and boring, of course. I, I don't think that way. And there's a lot more nuance to soccer than I think a lot of people realize. And so that's what I mostly enjoy is kind of the flow and the, the freedom that you can have in soccer. I, I think that's the number one thing. If, you, if you've never played soccer at a higher level, I think if, you, if you're just going to kick the ball, that's what you're expecting. That's all they do. But when you really think of the strategy behind it, because sometimes they'll go, why did they go all the way back to the goalie? That's just so stupid. You know, and, it, and it's it's a strategy that if you don't. And, and I think I think someone put it one time a great perspective. The score could be two zero. Don't get caught up the fact that they only go by one point. If they went by six or seven. <laughs> you wouldn't say nothing when it's 14 zero, right? You wouldn't go, oh, they only scored two goals, but it's 14 zero. You only say it because you see the smaller numbers. <laughs> yeah. So when you think of all the things that you've learned from soccer, what's the number one thing and takeaway that you use just in your personal? Personally, I think it's that there's an infinite possibility to do anything. You know, soccer, there's a million ways to score a goal. In life, there's a million different paths you can take. Man, if I could drop the mic, I, I don't know what else better to say, Brian. Like, when he has that thought of beyond the game and into the game, it's not something you could coach. It's not something you could teach. You could hope that someone can find those messages. I mean, what do you think a baseball message would be if you had to relate it to that? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think like even like baseball is different where I think there's a little bit more popular path for people, right? Like, I mean, and, and like people play baseball because they see all these major league baseball teams like around and I think soccer in the United States, it's a lot different. So far behind. Yeah. You yeah. know, like there's not a lot of opportunities for soccer like like there is baseball. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, when you're looking long term, like what's next? I mean, it's a pretty unique mindset. And he's definitely using, you know, sports as a way to kind of mold his future self and what he's going to do after soccer. Speaking of that, soccer in the local area. Union Omaha. Yeah. Big decisions, big things happen in yep. there. But it also, I mean, it, it there's a couple big teams, the Kings. Mm -hmm. There's some local soccer. How do you feel the soccer community is growing in this area? And what do you think the impact of Omaha, Union Omaha and the Kings are doing yeah. for it? I think it's definitely giving kids uh, something that they can go out and watch. I think that's a really, really important. I think... If you think to volleyball, you think of Nebraska volleyball and girls going and watching Nebraska volleyball and you see how amazing Nebraska high school volleyball is and how amazing all of that system is being built up. I think professional soccer in, in Omaha, the way that's growing is going to help to give kids something to kind of look at and 
kind of say, I want to go do that. I want to achieve that. Athlete. Who's the one you, you, you just want to be like baseball, you know, everybody wants to be the big name, but soccer, there's names that we wouldn't even know of, but their game, their technique and their style is why you look at them more than it is. I mean, everybody can say messy, right? Yeah. We know he's the greatest, mm-hmm. one of the greatest, mm-hmm. right? What's your, what's your, um, in terms of, in terms of a player, I would say it's a player from my favorite team. They're called Arsenal. They're from London. His name is Martin Odegaard. He's from Norway. He's probably one of my favorite players that I kind of want to resemble as a player. Um, in terms of somebody that I would just like to, to model, I mean, I know you said Messi, but his, his attitude towards life, I just, I, I love it. The way he works, uh, the way he, you just don't, you don't hear a, a ton of social media about him from him. It's all, you know, people are talking about him, but you don't really hear anything from him. It's all kind of quiet. He just works works in the dark. I, I think uh, our volleyball team had a slogan last year, so build in the dark. Um, Messi, I think, is a is a really, really good example of, of that. Well, and I like that you said build in the dark. Obviously, your decision to go to Northwestern College is a big decision to go where well, why wouldn't you want to go Division One? Why wouldn't you want to go Division Two? You're finding your place. You're going to work in the background. Don't need to be seen. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? And what 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 was your drive to choose that route? Yeah, I I think importantly, I have to always keep in mind what we call the broken leg test. If you break your leg, Northwestern's a place that like. I can go to college and say, you know, I can't play soccer anymore. I'm super happy playing soccer or just being a student, not a student athlete. I can just be a student at Northwestern and be super happy. Um, in terms of the soccer aspect, I think uh, the kind of the the mindset that they've built there, they have a just a great attitude of trying to continuously build and build and build um, and grow each year to – to slowly make the team into a national contender is is super important to me. And, and watching how Coach Weir has uh, really done a ton of great recruiting this this year, uh, just trying to build this team up to be as strong as it can has been something super important to me. Playing with kids across the area that also playing with kids at your school that have similar strengths, what is it like comparing both your, your club to your school? And how, how do you... Because at school, not everybody has the Drew Donald fire. Not everybody has the same drive yeah. to get that championship. Yeah, they I, say it, but to do it is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I'd say definitely there's a little less motivation to grow individually in high school. In club, there's a lot more fire to, you know, yes, let's go win, let's go win our our league or whatever, and and. In high school, we're saying let's go, let's go win a state title. That's our that's our goal. You don't see as much. Hey, I want to really focus on being the best player I can this year in high school, which is I think probably the biggest difference. This club is a lot of like, yes, how can we improve the most? How can we improve as a team? How can I achieve the goals that that we want to going forward? Um, just in terms of improvement, not setting a not setting a win loss record. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, we always talk about just the mental part of being able to switch between friend time and drew into the game time. 
what what's your what's your one getaway first of all and how do you distinguish when it's you know this is what i really want to do and how i get there because sometimes your friends don't understand yeah they don't know they don't have that same ambition yeah for me especially during covid i used to just absolutely love going up to the local elementary school and just kicking a ball against a wall and that was kind of my getaway of just like getting away from everything that was going on during COVID, absolute mayhem um, and just going to be with myself. And I, and it didn't even seem like work. Like, yes, I'm, I'm practicing, but it didn't seem like, like work. I'm just playing with soccer ball. And then just, it's, it just comes naturally. Then it's, it's nothing that you really feel is work. It's, it's just having fun and, and there's no, uh, there's no taxing element to it. Man, he used the word taxing. When you look at the body and, and how you really have to take care of that for you, what do you think has been your biggest struggle to be the athlete and the person you want to be? Because I know for, we talk, you know, baseball, some people in the dugout, they'll have Skittles as their, you know, that's their fuel. That's what gets them. And, and I know that I've said it even for like Omaha South when I coached football there. I can't talk to them about, oh, you need to eat all this high protein because that ain't something they can always get. Sometimes you have to reel it into what they can get, whether it's five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I'd say, you know, being involved in quite a lot of sports, it's always kind of been a lot of strain on the body. So sometimes you just have to take a night off and you got to say, you know, I, I would really like to go to, to this, but my legs just can't handle it tonight. And I just got to, prioritize like yes i want to get better but i won't be able to get better if i'm injured so yes i have this injury right now got to take care of it first and then we can get back to the grind brian recovery the most important thing how do, how do you talk to your athletes about recovery and understanding when it is a recovery because i know i know the famous saying growing up was are you injured or are you hurt right there, there's no other words. Are you injured or are you hurt? I think it's toughest with the, like the high performers because sometimes I think like more is good when it's not always good, right? Like lifting twice a day is not better than lifting once a day. Um, cause you do need that time to kind of recover and repair and everything. So, you know, we always talk about like the economy of a dollar, right? So if you're trying to get back to a dollar every day, like you lift, right? Like that subtracts 25 cents, right? Like you, you go play a soccer game. There's another 15 cents. Now you're down 60 cents for the day, right? Now you recover, you eat well, you know, you sleep well, you do everything and then you can get back to a dollar. Right. But if you know, it's like now add another lifting in, you know, or like another cardio session. Now I'm down to like 80 cents. I'm starting the day like short, right? Yes. So that's kind of how I try to explain it to the athletes because the high performers, the best people, they always want to do more, do more, do more. That's tough. Where did you get and what guidance have you gotten so far that you feel like you really take to heart when it comes to the body for yourself? Oh, right now I'm really trying to to build up on muscle. So that's something that I've I've really been focusing on. I, I have a cousin who played pro ball in Germany, and one of the things he said is you have to to make sure that you are growing physically all the time because soccer is is a ton of physical uh, a ton of mental um so you have to make sure you're growing in every aspect of the game 
what's the goal? What's the ambition? What's 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 the hopes? I mean, while you can, anyways. Yeah, I I don't want to rule out professional soccer. Of course, it's still it's still a dream of mine. Um, of course, there's many avenues to get there. So it's just kind of, you know, maybe it is out of reach for me now. Hopefully, it isn't. I still love to play professional soccer. I'd like to play soccer as long as I can. And then once I'm done playing, I'd love to coach. Um, but it's kind of just seeing step by step how far I can get. And maybe eventually that day comes where I, I can't make it, but being satisfied that I, I've given it my all and gotten as far as I can. Baseball, the biggest thing in, in town right now is Juco route. Yeah. Has that influenced or made you think about the possibilities that you have starting where you're at? Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, the the reality of college sports right now is is the transfer portal and it's i know a lot of coaches don't enjoy it it's it, it kind of ruins dynamics of teams at times but as an athlete you know, we have this tool that we can utilize to continue to go find the best place for us so i think the transfer portal is is very helpful with that and as you said like the juco route starting at nai i have every opportunity to be able to go on to a Division One level school, especially with uh, the coaching staff that's behind me, has been uh, very willing to help me to grow. And you know, if Northwestern eventually ends up being something that I want to move on from, they'll be fully supportive of me for that. Very interesting. We're seeing such a shift between like it was traditionally just a path for junior college. Yeah. Right now, I know there's a lot of colleges out there that are are using that same pitch now like hey like we'll help you develop and then like get somewhere else very uh interesting right now well and, and i mean you look at it how do you because you've been a guy who's been dedicated right dedicated to uh show choir four years you weren't looking for somewhere else how do you think that will mentally challenge you though in the in the process is there is there things that you've already kind of prepped yourself and and of course your dad's a professor at, at a local college here so does that like does it help that he kind of can also kind of feed into that what all is that like yeah, i think for a lot of my my journey getting getting to here through club it's kind of just been you know yes i've built a lot of strong relationships on this team but there's a new opportunity here that i can that i can grow from and so I think my main mentality is trying to take the best opportunity that I can get and grow from it or what I think will be best to help me grow. When you look at uh, the final final months here of, of high school, what's what's the things that you're going to miss the most and what what's the things that you wish you would have done? Because I think sometimes that's good to pull out of an athlete of yourself where you're so busy, but you wish you would have done just a little bit more of one thing. Yeah. Uh, I think what I've been really trying to do these past few months, because I I realized I had not been to a whole lot of other sports, because I'm at show choir, I'm at soccer, and then I have my free night, and I want to keep my free nights myself. Now I'm really trying to say, okay, I have a free night um, tomorrow. Titans Monarchs, I want to be there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to miss that one for yeah. sure. Uh, what what is the What's Drew going to be remembered at Papio South for? Hopefully somebody that had a smile, was super involved in everything, and uh, just was genuinely a, a friendly face. Graduation, you're walking across the stage. What's the first thought you're thinking? 
Ooh, that's a good question, man. Uh, I, I'd say I'm still not done. Got a, got another path ahead of me. These are just things that not all kids like. I I can't even. It's just so weird because that's always our connection is how can we get, you know, because some people go, well, why would you interview certain people? And you're like, because there's so much more to kids when you just open them up a little bit and give them a platform like this. And, and your story, I love it because like you said, you could go to D1, you can have that status all you want, but is it just the status or is it what you're trying to get in the long run? Yeah, absolutely. Long run is, I think in it's the most important, you know, you can, you can take your short term, uh, you can, you can feel the the good in the, in the short term, or you can, you can go and maybe struggle for a few years, achieve the goal. And in the long term, you'll be much more happy because you've, you've been through the struggle and you, and you made it to your final goal. There's a D one college out there. What was that college? Is it the local Creighton or is it beyond a go? I, I want to get out of here. I want to make a name somewhere. Yeah, you know that's a that's a tough question. I, I of course I've I've grown up with Creighton for almost all my life, so it, it feels it feels like home a lot. So it's definitely uh, something I've been really really focused on for a long time. Is like, yeah, I really want to play at Creighton, but if if some big opportunities come knocking, uh, I'm keeping my doors open. Well, Drew, I appreciate your story. I appreciate you being vulnerable. So one parent, one athlete might be able to go, gosh, I need to find a way to get that. What's the thing that Northwestern's getting out of Drew Darnold when it comes to 2025? Hopefully a hard worker, somebody that'll that'll make the team a more enjoyable, better team, hopefully. Um, hopefully have some success, of course, um, and, and just another friendly face. Well, once again, this is a Wired Access podcast. We had Drew Darnold from Papio South going to Northwestern College just over in the state of Iowa. We have the Wired Training Center uh, owner, Brian Southworth, and we once again appreciate her dad sports for this production. Remember, like, share, follow, do whatever you got to do. Get this word out. I promise you won't regret it. We'll see you next time. Heard at Sports Network Production.